spectacular. Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Einstein did his best stuff when he was working as a patent clerk. Well, hello there, one magical nation. Those are some sweet sounds, aren't they? Made even sweeter by the fact that tonight our guest, my special birthday guest in fact, is Brian Benitez, the very composer of those sounds. We're informally calling this one the music episode. And how appropriate is that when we welcome this guy, my beloved co-host, and uh, he's the guy who does, uh, who does the impromptu music in the show. He has some bad news for you. Isn't that right, Matthew? Yeah, my hips don't lie. <laughs> that's the good news. Oh, that, that's the good news. Oh, the bad news is that uh, my speaker died, so there's no synthesizer for me. There's no. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in. I'll noodle it in later. Nice. I'm going to have to get uh, the, the power cord is sort of severed. So such is life. I don't, by the way, we're not informally calling this the music episode. This is officially the Schaefer's Birthday Eve Spectacular featuring Brian Benitez of Contrazoom Mixtapes. Excellent. I, I'm sorry, I should have I, I should have put that on the show sheet. I officially the music episode. I thought that we or, or I would call it music episode number one. Wait. Yeah, we'll definitely have more music episodes. But wait, what's what's I'd like to hear what the episode's called again. The episode is the official Schaefer's Birthday Eve special featuring Brian Benitez of the Contrazoom Mixtapes. Yes. And if you don't say it with that sort of inflection, you haven't said it. The Contrazoom Mixtapes. Yeah. It's, um, it's like Mandarin. Say it like Steve Brewer would say it. The official Schaefer's Birthday Eve. Eve. Special Brian Benitez. Contra Moon Countapes. Contra Moon Kicks tapes. No, that was I have I had no Steve Brule. I <laughs> I don't think I nailed it at all either. Uh, that's okay. Steve Brule wouldn't have nailed it either. My brother-in-law sent me some Steve Brule that he and my sister were just sitting around thinking that I should be aware of his, <laughs> nice. his general feelings about skateboards. <laughs> I like that your family has taken upon themselves to educate you regarding Steve Brule. They they hipped me to Tim and Eric. Uh. And, and then, like, but I'm still, like, they showed that to me and I watched a little bit. But you, I'm, I'm I am learning about Steve Brule. <laughs> Lucky me, Steve Brule skits are new to me. Dr. Dr. Steve Brule has made... Make considerable don't uh, considerable uh, gifts to our to our American culture. Uh, he is a 
I'd say he's inextricably woven into American culture today. I don't think you're as excited about the Schaefer's Birthday Eve specials featuring Brian Benitez of Conjures and Mixtapes. I, I 100% am. Are you? Okay. Okay. Maybe it's just bubbling under the surface. I'm excited about some other things, too. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited that I voted yesterday. Nice. Yo tambien. That Wait, was, did, I that do, was, did I do yesterday? Either yesterday or the day before, yeah. Either way, both you and I got our votes in before the Iranians hacked the election. So no Iranians are telling us how to vote. Because we already voted. I've been listening to the Iranians on my voting record for a long time, actually. <laughs> have you, I mean, have you heard about the emails they sent to voters in Florida and Alaska? I, I did hear they, about that. We've got your number of voters. And if you don't vote for Donald Trump, we're coming after you. Well, listen to me, Iranians. I already voted. You can't change your vote. Everybody knows that. So leave me alone. Man, I was really in the voting booth, like, with my fingers crossed, man. You know what I mean? I'm hitting that, <laughs> I'm hitting that box, and I'm like, come on, baby, come on. Everybody everybody I've talked to has been like, I was, I was just so afraid I was going to hit the wrong button. You got to be careful. You definitely checked everything twice. <laughs> like, yeah. We could definitely get mired in this sentiment pretty easily, but, but the sentiment that I would rather focus on is talking about our tribe, our nation, our hunter-gatherers. We, we, uh, our listeners are steadfast, right? You mean hunter-gatherers like Cat and Jeff? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly excited about Cat and Jeff this week because, uh, because Jeff wrote us a review on Apple, on, on Apple Podcasts, and Cat has committed to... The nice sentiment, gosh. Cat has committed to doing so in the very near, fu- very near future. And I would like for them, uh, for them to be an example for everybody that two podcast reviews can come from the same household. Don't think just because one person in your household reviews us that the other person cannot. That is not true. Everybody it's like can review us. Uh, if you want to create a, uh, if you want to create a podcast, uh, if you want to create a podcast account for your goldfish, your goldfish could review us too. I'm not, I'm not overtly encouraging you to do that. I'm just saying that's something you could do if you wanted to. Every voice counts, even your goldfish. Oh wait, wait, not your goldfish, but but I love the fact that Cat and Jeff, you know, probably right, you know, right now, especially, you know. What, with quarantining going on, they're probably spending a lot of time together and they're listening to us and then, you know, they must be talking about us. So I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, I wanted for Matt and I, and hopefully this will become a regular uh, section on our show. Uh, <laughs> Matthew and I, Matthew and I role-playing uh, other, other uh, great duos uh, around the state or around the world. Uh, and right now, we are going to pretend to be Cat and Jeff talking about One Magical Nation. No, no, no. no. We're doing impersonations. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing impressions. It's not, I mean, it's role-playing, but we're doing our best to, to, do, to do the voices and everything. So. The, important, the, gonna, the important thing is that it's sexy. I'm going to play the role of Jeff. Um, Schaefer's going to play the role of Cat. And uh, I've been studying my lines. 
And here we go in three, two, one. Honey, honey, dinner's ready. I, I'll be there momentarily. Oh, oh, good evening. Good evening, honey. It's so good to see you. Mwah. So good to see you, honey. Have you, listened, have you listened to the latest episode of One Magical Hour? Man, Matthew, Matthew, reviews, Matthew reviews Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3, and I laughed my tuchus off. I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> yeah, but I hope, your, I hope your tuchus stays exactly where it is, honey. Uh, all this talk of tuchuses. Has, now, see, now I'm very uncomfortable impersonating <laughs> our muscles. We, uh, we went totally off script. Schaefer gave me one line, and then it turned into like, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> we, we, we painted our tuchuses into a little corner in there, didn't we? What, what we're trying to do here is imitation being the highest form of flattery. We, we thank you for listening, y'all. And uh, we thanks for, thanks for telling the people up in Seattle about it, too. I'm, I'm super stoked about that. Here's to I, I think they're in Portland. Allie uh, or Allie? Uh, no, if you'll, yeah. Oh, Portland? well, that was what was stated first. But later in the text thread, it was cleared up that Allie is actually in Seattle. Oh, okay, great. Allie in Seattle, thanks so much for everything you do for One Magical Nation. I pay very close attention to these spurious text threads. Get at us at feedback at onemagicalnation.com and tell us how to pronounce your name. Tell us who you are, really. It would be fun if uh, various hunter-gatherers in One Magical Nation uh, sent us just some emails describing themselves, and then we can, then we can do a section on get to know your hunter-gatherer. I would like to know more about hunter-gatherers, their varied diet, their, um, their roaming habits. Uh, do they use some sort of stone tools? Are they jealous of the future? Are they, uh, are they, skill, are they very skilled at flint napping? So many questions. But uh, also, Kat had a request. Uh, she requested that we review a particular movie that I haven't seen. So I was going to suggest that we uh, play the trailer on here, uh, even though the audience can't see it, they can hear it, and that we review the trailer. Um, but it also occurred to me that maybe Brian's seen the movie. So we'll, we'll wait till he comes on. Uh, if he's seen the movie, then we'll do it that way. Uh, and then maybe we'll play the trailer anyway, just for fun. What movie? Uh, it's, called, it's a James Spader movie called Tough Turf. And I remember the existence of this movie, but I haven't seen it. How are we supposed to obtain this movie? Uh, uh, go down to the video store and run it on Baymax. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, well, maybe it's just on YouTube. Are you searching over there? Yeah. Uh, do you want to introduce Brian? Should we interview Brian? Is it time? I, I think it's time. Uh, he, I think he's on the line here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you a, a dear old friend of mine and Schaefer's, a musical prodigy, uh, a masterful man in the musical arts, our, our old friend, and your theme song producer, director, Brian Benitez. Brian, Brian, are you there? Brian! <laughs> Brian, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Welcome. How, how, how are you this evening? 
doing great. Great to see you guys. Thank it's been you a while. so much for joining us here at One Magical Hour. Are you, are you, regretting, are you regretting it yet? No, I, I like seeing how the magic is made. I'm a big fan of you guys, so okay. Great. Well, here we are making the making the magic. Um, I want to get straight to my hard hitting questions. <laughs> um, the first one is, um, 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 oh, I, I forget. Uh, Tough Turf, nineteen eighty five, with uh, James Spader. James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. That's it. Brian, have you seen Tough Turf? Yeah, absolutely. I saw it uh, a couple of months ago again. Oh, <laughs> you recently saw it. Okay. This um, is the James James Spader. Spader. Sorry about that. Yeah, James Spader gets into a lot of shenanigans in that movie. <laughs> According to certain critical reviews, the shenanigans don't always make a whole lot of sense. That's very accurate. <laughs> Should we go ahead and watch the trailer anyway, guys? Yeah, go for it. You got it queued up? I do. Here we go. Turn it up. Meet Morgan Hiller. Share your screen. Wait. How did that sound? Um, not great. Okay, let me let me try it through the other the other system y'all y'all vamp all right any of those hard-hitting questions you need to throw out well this is a common setup with our interview anytime we do an interview yeah. we, we get on with the guest and then schaefer realizes that he's got some research to do and he <laughs> leaves me alone with the guest unprepared yeah i i have a whole line of questioning i do i was joking earlier i, I first thing i want to ask you is where did you go? Oh, like after high school and uh, yeah. I, so, so for the listeners, uh, Brian was in a group of friends uh, in high school. Me and Schaefer, Brian, say some other names: Jameson, David Blackwell, Jay Cryer. We're not using last name, but fine. Just give me a bunch of bleep it out work. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> We were all we, a close group of friends, but Brian came to San Antonio to go to Trinity, right? No, St. Mary's. Matthew okay. went to Trinity. Right, okay. And then you disappeared from our lives for what I thought was going to be forever. Uh-huh. It was like a long time. I didn't know what had happened to you. But it turns out that Brian had just met a really nice lady, and they had gotten married, and she had a child. And so Brian was in a family situation with a child. And now I know what that's like. I know why you disappeared. <laughs> Listen, we've talked about this before, but I wanted to set the baseline with the, with the audience on this. We, we lost Brian for some years. And then now that he's back in our lives, like every time we get together, I'm like, this means so much to me right now because I thought you were gone. Imagine a loved one is like stranded on an island or something. You think they're gone or dead or whatever. And then they're back in your life, just like uh, on that uh, Wilson movie. Uh, <laughs> Castaway. <laughs> Castaway, yes. Um, anyway, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing the podcast. What I want to talk to you about is you've always been a musician. We're, we're coming back to this trailer. Don't you worry, bud. You've always been a musician. 
but somewhere along the line there in San Antonio, you started playing in bands, right? So like, what was the first band you were in in San Antonio? Okay. Uh, that was a band in college called Blank because we couldn't come up with the name. And uh, <laughs> that, was the first time, that was the first time I had led a band and there was a really great drummer, a bass player girl, and it was just like a sweet setup and I really liked it. We did that for a couple of years. Okay. Caroline? Yeah, that was Caroline and this guy, Alan. Well, maybe you didn't disappear from Schaefer's life. No, I did almost like immediately after that. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, there was a time when we were meeting up in Austin, like hanging out at Nicholas and Ogre's place. Um, but then that, yeah, people kind of got busy with other things. Yeah, and I just started working. I got a job at a restaurant, and that really took up a lot of my life. So it, um, we're going we're gonna to put a pin in that. We're coming back to this trailer. You got it queued up? Are we doing the trailer? Yes. You ready? Here we go. Meet Morgan Hiller. First day in a new school. You ready for it? I always. He's got an attitude. No backfighting with him. Well, I was just sort of hoping I could take a quick ride through history. Mind taking those off? I'd like to see who I'm talking to. They've got a problem. Let's go, me. Not until you tell me what your name is. He lives in two worlds. I'm sure Patty and I will vouch for us. Always behind enemy lines. You are not now, nor were you ever members of this club. Just when I thought we were going to be good friends. Tough turf. They took your car. Not on a car, man. He's a loner on a roll. An outsider on the edge. Caught between a dangerous loser. Give his bike back. And the girl they both love. She belongs to me. Uh, Jimmy Lincoln freed the slaves. Yeah, I thought you were going something nice, respectable out of it. Just ice you right now. They can't shut him down. And they can't cool him off. Oh. You! I figure if I wait long enough, maybe I can... Get lucky. Oh. Tough turf. Nobody takes anything that I own. Nobody! He stands alone. In one way or the other. Well, I hate to tell you, but the rules have changed. What is it? Well, he's going to make this town his own. He's always been a rebel. Now, he's about to become a hero. I hope the movie is shorter than the trailer. I'm Johnny, Lena Lovitch, Marianne Faithful, Jim Carroll, and Jack Mack in the Heart Attack. Wow. Southside Johnny and Marianne Faithful on the soundtrack. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I give the trailer eight avocados, eight out of eight. I give the soundtrack eight avocados without even hearing it. I well, definitely want to see that movie. I heard the theme song. I'd say you'll get about halfway through it and you'll go, I definitely regret watching this movie. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the, movie looks, the movie definitely looks both terrible and delightful. Yeah, I mean, James Spader elevates it like he always does. So. 
Brian, where did you obtain that movie? I saw it a long time ago. I want to say like Chris Miles' house or something. Uh, How did you see it recently? uh, Some kind of streaming thing. Sometimes I watch really, you know, lame movies at late at night kind of thing. Some kind of streaming thing. Okay. I mean, Amazon Prime or Netflix or something. Yeah. Okay. Shit. Well. Toughturf.com. We got. (laughs) We'll be watching Tough Turf. We'll get back to Cat on that deal. I, I'm sorry that the intro bled into the Brian interview, but sometimes that just happens on this show, you know? We can't, we can't control it. It just sort of just spills out, you know what I mean? Keep it organic. Yeah. Organic. We're hunting and we're gathering. I'm going back to the pen. You're waiting tables. You start waiting tables. Yeah. But then didn't, weren't you in another band with some of your coworkers? Yeah, uh, so then I was in a band called 15% based on the tipping of the fact that we never really got very good tips at TGI Fridays. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was with a drummer and a bass player, and I play with a drummer still today. We've been playing for like 20-something years. Uh, he's my oh. musical life partner. So, yeah. Okay, so he's a member of the mixtapes. It's just me and him. Okay, right. What's his name? Ken, Kenneth Garza. Okay, awesome. Well... We'll have to, we need to be dropping his name in every time we, we talk about the mixtapes. Definitely. Um, <sighs> Brian, was it with you that I was talking about the movie Waiting? Yeah, because I had said it was a pretty fairly accurate representation of my experience. At least. <laughs> um, I was, I was going to ask you if you were prepared to tell us any zany story about TGI Fridays. I mean, okay, sure. I mean, this was in the heyday. Things mostly happened to other people, but uh, this was like in the heyday of TGI Fridays, which was like a year maybe. Uh, when, I, rem- you know, I remember. Yeah. And, uh, I was a Bennigan's guy myself. but Okay. We were Bennigan's people too. We would go right after our shit. Aren't those sort of competing concepts? Is that on the other yeah. side of the parking lot though? You just exactly. Had- <laughs> was uh, it really? I mean, basically, it was across the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, it was like late '90s. Spice Girls was big. Like, I know a lot of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC songs because of working at TGI Fridays. And uh, I don't know. We had some people come by. Creed came to the restaurant. Tim Duncan hit on my wife. Or she was my wife. Whoa! Yeah, it was pretty interesting. She had all the adventures, really. Listen, the first time I saw that Spice Girls video. If you want to be my lover, you know, I would, it blew my whole mind. I knew it was, I knew that a new era had dawned. Definitely. I'm sorry. Go on. No, I mean, uh, we, just, we're committed to interjecting seven percent less through the rest of the story. Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I'd say just there were a lot of bands that came by. I, I mean, I can't remember all of them. It was just constantly busy, constantly on a two-hour wait. Just constantly like that. It was the hardest job I've still to this day ever had, where it was just constantly in the weeds. But we all kind of came out of it. Like, we always, me and the cooks used to talk about it. Like, we were like uh, the sheepdog and the, is it the coyote? It's like an old Looney Tunes. Uh, You know, where they go in, they clock in, and then just they're at each other's throats. And then they clock out, and they're like, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, we're all having a beer on the back dock kind of thing. But, yeah, we were were just vicious. I loved it. (laughs) I think... I was working at Trudy's around that time, like 96, 97. Yeah. Um, it was also so busy 
making money hand over fist, but long, long shifts. Very. But wait, that was your, that was, <laughs> that was, your, <laughs> that was your anecdote about that? I mean, just, I learned, I mean, I, I don't know that I have exciting Fridays stories, but I have more like. I didn't you know, say, give me a summary of what you learned working at Fridays. Oh, okay. said, Do you have a story? I said zany. It doesn't have to be zany, but like this one time, this yeah. thing happened to you. I got a story. I, I didn't prep you, so let Schaefer tell his story. That's good. Yeah, let's go. Consider, <laughs> consider what your story is going to be. I got a story from uh, bartending at the Four Face Liar. Uh, I was not bartending at the time. Uh, our buddy, our old buddy Colin was, uh, but it was on a Sunday night, and we were all there. And uh, it was actually it was it was a kind of a relatively busy Sunday night when. This dude, this dude came running in with no shirt on, saying that the cops were after him, and that dude was Kiefer Sutherland. Solom <laughs> 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 said, "Well, you can hide back in the kitchen. We didn't use the kitchen anyway." Uh, so, so Kiefer, shirtless Kiefer Sutherland, went back into the kitchen, and then the cops came in, and we all told them that we hadn't seen anybody, and that we didn't. We hadn't seen any shirtless men running around who may or may not resemble certain celebrities. And then the cops moved on. And a few minutes later, <laughs> Kiefer came out and went about his way. Uh, but that was a... That Are you was dead serious? Is that a true story? 100% true. Oh <laughs> Is this in New York? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm in San Antonio. Tim Duncan hit on my wife. That was the biggest thing that happened okay. in San Antonio. Right, the Tim Duncan thing. That was valid. Alan, that is a that is a dazzling deet. <laughs> my my story from Trudy's is that on Halloween one year I I dressed up as Jamiroquai. <laughs> when that um, virtual, virtual insanity, insanity. Yeah, was popular, and I I had it down, and I I was just hosting that night, and I was dancing people to their tables. There was a costume contest, and I actually won the costume contest. And the prize was a hot air balloon ride. Wow, that's a good prize. That I that's a good prize. That I never. It was a gift certificate to Trudy's. You never took it. But I that I let go fallow. It died on the vine. I I never took the balloon ride. I had a girlfriend at the time. She was really excited about it. We're gonna take this balloon ride, and then just like it never happened. Wow. So it was a tragic story. You didn't. You went into that thinking it was just going to be chips and salsa, and then it turned into human tragedy. And Jamiroquai, yeah. Ah, all the humanity. <laughs> He's never ridden a hot air balloon. Virtual humanity. <laughs> okay, so. We're running through our topics super quick here. We gotta. We I mean, I, I can still. I can. I can elaborate a little bit. I, I developed a reputation for being a super dirty person, so uh, I can tell you that I, I had really filthy a vest filled with flair. You know, Fridays and all the the pins and everything. It was just uh, my pants were filthy. I don't know how I got a girlfriend. It was. Just, <laughs> uh, there's something wrong with me in my twenties that I had to unlearn. <laughs> You were like the pig pen? Of, yeah, exactly, like the pig pen. Of that Friday's location? Yeah. It was nuts. There was an intervention. 
<laughs> what, let me ask you, where, was that some sort of like statement? I guess <laughs> no. It's the man. No, that was pure laziness and thoughtlessness, really. Yeah. Well, you know, you probably—that's how, how we started this podcast. <laughs> you probably had better things to do than worry about your appearance, your shitty job that you didn't care about anyway. And well, I cared about customers. I didn't want to do that to them, but I wasn't even thinking that I was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but it wasn't the customers who were suffering. It was your. It was your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Tiffany took you in. Yeah, and she really beat the shit out of me and taught, taught me to unlearn some things. It was good. <laughs> That's what girls love. They love a project. <laughs> and I was a project. The hardest, the hardest thing to unlearn him was ancient Greek. <laughs> right, because of his extensive classics background? Yeah. The hardest but the most important thing to unlearn. And to this day, he doesn't speak ancient Greek, do you? No. See? So wait, was was Friday your your last uh, restaurant gig? Yeah. No. Uh, I also yeah. went to a place so called fun. Champs Americana, uh, a fine dining restaurant called Grey Moss Inn. I worked there for like a day, but I got fired for being left-handed. And then... Uh, <laughs> sounds like discrimination, my friend. Well, you know the doors that kind of swing one way or another? Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't carry a tray through with my right hand through the correct door, so it was just a, a accident-prone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was more, it was just practical, it wasn't prejudice. Yeah, I didn't take it personally. Uh, but uh, then I managed a Jim's restaurant. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim's. Oh, sure, there's a Jim's up here on 183. Yeah. Jim's. I managed them for a year, and then... At that, that point, I was like, I need to go to grad school. I, don't, I can't do this anymore. Like, that must I, have been a lot of late night stuff. That's all it was because I was like lowest rung on the ladder. So it was just only overnight shifts, gained a lot of weight, ate a lot of horrible food, met a lot of cops. That was fun. <laughs> The brutality. <laughs> well, are you – every day when you go to your professional job, are you like, man, I'm glad I'm not waiting tables today? No. I mean, I met my best friends. At, I mean, my best San Antonio friends at restaurants because everywhere else there, you know, that's where you meet the freakiest people. And that's what I tend to stick to. So, yeah, uh, but, but I wasn't, I, I waited a lot of tables. I know the camaraderie. It's great. Still close friends with a lot of those people. Right. But when I was done waiting tables, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good for now. Yeah, I'm definitely good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Am I waiting on something? I like a, I like to do a long pause just before the best segment of the show. And what do you? What is that? The news? News cruise? We're not. Do we have a news cruise today? Yeah, we do. Oh, I didn't, know we, I didn't know we were doing a news, Chris. I wasn't on the show sheet. That's my bad. Um, my bad. Talk about your relationship with Roy Orbison and karaoke. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, I just like that song. Uh, what was it in Dreams? Um, and Roy Orbison, just that song doesn't really have a chorus. It just kind of keeps going into a different part and different part. 
I've always, I never really noticed that until a couple of years ago. And I was just like, that's amazing. That's so like progressive for way back when. And uh, I forgot how cool Roy Orbison is, how cool that song is. I like a lot of different music, but that, I just sang that song that one time, you know. But you're also good at, you do, you do the song Crying, but you play it on the guitar without, it's not a karaoke number, it's just a number. That is correct. I like, I like music, so yeah. I just, and that's good music, so I play that if I can. You like music. I do. I, I am a fan of music. People don't know this about me. <laughs> also, there are those, those of us from West Texas, I think, have a certain kinship with Roy Orbison. Because he's from Wink. Is he? I, I, okay. I'm fascinated by Roy Orbison. I was. I mentioned it because I was blown away by your karaoke performance. Really? Thanks. I mean, I, January 19th, Friday, January 19th, 2020. Uh, the lot of us went down to New Braunfels. This was in the before time. And we, <laughs> we had a karaoke night at a super interesting bar. What was that place called? Landa Station. <laughs> Landa Station, yeah. And uh, your Roy Orbison just blew me away. But then, but then Schaefer and I talked about it on the podcast. Schaefer was like, oh, I do that song sometimes. I had no idea. He was, oh, you didn't? No, I, I told Schaefer like, later that week, I was like, by the way, I, I don't know what you're talking about at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anybody who does Roy Orbison at karaoke, but... Um, you guys need to do like a Roy Orbison showdown. Ryan's definitely seen me do it before, but in his defense, it was very late at night and we were both extremely intoxicated. Wait, you mix karaoke and alcohol? (laughs) Did it was, it was at one of those, Ryan, it was at one of those kind of third shift bars down by your old house in San Antonio. That's what I figured. Yeah. Those were, those got pretty out of hand at some point. It would also be difficult to keep a ledger of the tunes that Shafee's done at karaoke. I would imagine. They are many and they are varied. And, you know, the guy knows a lot of songs. Well, your rendition of Regulate with I Can't Believe We're Not In Love Anymore, I was like, oh, Matt stole the show there. That was fantastic. Yeah, I've been, I do the, uh, the Warren G Regulate and then I, during the the interludes, I break into the Michael McDonald. People seem to enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best of many worlds. It's great. There's no question that in our circle of friends, he's the king of karaoke. I keep yeah. forgetting things will never be the same again. I keep forgetting how you made that so clear. <laughs> Every time you call my baby. Um, I don't think I'm the king of karaoke. I, I think I, everybody would disagree. I, think, I, did, disagree. I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how kings are made. <laughs> I just said that in our circle of friends, there's no question. Thank you. You're too kind. I enjoy karaoke. It's because I'm missing the piece in my brain that makes me humiliated for myself. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely have never had that piece either. Yeah, it's good to. It, what What's fun about karaoke? We're We're actually going to talk about this. And, this is forward promotion for the next episode. And Brian, I don't mean to take away from your featuring spot just to talk about the next episode. But 
we're going to get, we got another karaoke coming with my friend Hugh Lewis, who is the, one of the main brewers at Family Business Brewing Company in Dripping Springs. We're going to, on Saturday night, we're going to talk to him. We're going to have a beer flight. He was at a karaoke night. Uh, anyway, he has a, he has a karaoke story to tell about, about the fear that you experience when your friends go up on stage to do karaoke. Uh-huh. That's really, that's what may, I, what, there's two types of fear that hold a karaoke bar together. It's the fear of the person who's up on stage, the, the stage fright of an, uh, a, a non-professional getting up on stage. That's, there's that fear. And then we can smell that fear. And then we are afraid for the person or, I mean, maybe not sociopaths among us, but anybody with empathy, you feel, right. you feel that cringiness for your friend that's up on stage, you know, and it's really just exhilarating. I think. Especially when you're the one who encouraged that person to get on stage and then you're like, I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) You don't want to find yourself in that position sometimes. You want to be an encourager, but not that type. Yeah, that's dangerous. Let me ask you this, Brian. Mm. Uh, Our theme song in Mm. this regard, like you and your music life partner, Mr. Garza, um, Y'all, um, y'all put stuff together like without lyrics. Is that? Do you start from from a place of like a a thing? Do 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 you go do you go in and put lyrics in after to a lot of times? Is that usually that is the way I do it? Or I'll sometimes have a one line of a song. Like there was a song on our last album called "I Have No Agenda" that where just that line "I Have No Agenda" just kept popping in my head, and so I was like, well, "Let's write a song about that." And uh, but that's not the norm. The norm is the music. We're just hearing somebody else's song and going, I want to do something, something like that. Uh, that song that you're talking about, the, the in this regard, kind of started with a David Bowie song called Lazarus of his last album. Uh, so it has the same kind of morose groove. Huh. I love that last album by Bowie. It seems so prescient. Yeah, it's great. Right. Um, I, lo- I, I love in this regard the way it goes from this one type of song into this other type of song, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty guilty of that because I get bored quickly, but I also like, you know, I like plenty of music just like everybody here does. Uh, so that, you know, David Bowie will go into a Metallica thing or a girl pop thing. And then I'll just try to make it work. I kind of like that. we got to make it work kind of uh, mentality. When you say everybody here, do you mean me, you, and Schaefer, or do you mean like the whole One Magical Nation? Uh, whichever you prefer. Let's go with One Magical Nation, the entire. A lot of music fans out there, definitely. Get back, get us a, get to us a feedback at onemagicalhour.com and tell us if you like music or not. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, careful. Brian, that song of yours particularly, that's become sort of, uh, you know, kind of how we get hyped and ready for the show is, you know, listening to that song. It's kind of tied in with us getting ready for the show. At some point, you're going to really regret having given it to us for free. <laughs> I don't think that at all. Thank you, though. But I know uh, I love that you guys play it. And uh, it especially now that the sonic quality of it is actually what I want it to be. So it's oh, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were we were uh, really screwing up those first 19 episodes. 
<laughs> I think it took us 19 episodes to not just play something from our phone, even though we, we're still doing that on the opening drop. Um, but yeah, add, adding in other layers of of music is certainly better. And I, I apologize to the musicians that we uh, didn't take care of their product and we're just playing them from little speakers and recording them on our, on our I mean, it's, microphone. It's, it's just great to be included. And uh, I like listening to you guys regardless. You know, it's just a fun conversation to hear and to never know what you guys are going to say. So that's it's always fun. It's, it's a huge part of the community that we, we have a, uh, a great network of talented friends that we not only do we want to feature their music, we want to talk to them here. Um, just Schaefer's pointing out that communication and community are related. Yeah. Blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're right. They're next door neighbors, basically. What else is Schaefer pointing out that's blowing your mind? Birthday Eve! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I feel like I'm the only one celebrating. Am I? No, I mean I'm. You celebrating? I'm you, absolutely celebrating. You got a Coke Zero and bourbon over there? Indeed. I'm doing uh, a undersea unexplained mass sponge migration. Great tequila and German pills. Sponge migration. It's my traditional Schaefer's birthday Eve fair. You know how on Thanksgiving you might do turkey and dressing and cranberry. Schaefer's birthday Eve for me has always been straight tequila and German pills. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's always been an, a mass sponge migration. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Clarify that. Brian, the sponges migrated like a foot and a half. <laughs> Is this about flair? Oh, oh, it's a, it's a reference. Oh, Schaefer suggested that this reference might just be, excuse me. Schaefer suggested that this interview might just be movie references. <laughs> yeah. What if we prepared a whole interview that was just movie references? I think I could keep up with it up to about, you know, 2003. Yeah, but we could prepare. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm with you there, buddy. I, I, didn't, I, missed, I didn't go to the theater from like 2011 to like 2017. Yeah. But that was because right. no human being would stack books like this. <laughs> Dude, this is bring, this is bringing back such uh, primal memories for me, where we're just drop do, doing drops in the middle of the show. I love it. Do yeah, more, yeah. just like the old days. <laughs> you know, uh, Brian, do you know our uh, um, co-executive producer Jameson Driscoll? I've met him. Yeah, he doesn't like drops. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, that's blasphemy. Drops a well-executed drop is just—it's like a perfect, uh, just thing that you add to sub, a supplement that is just to me. It, it brings life to something. Oh, really I didn't. Well. I didn't say well-executed. <laughs> well, they can't become well-executed until you kind of hone that craft. You know, Shafi is a Shafi. Would you call yourself a novice? Uh, you mean in terms of radio production, imaginary radio production? No, just just well placed drops. I'm. I wouldn't say that I place them well. No. Well, but it, but I mean, and as far are you a Padawan? Are you a, a beginner? Are you a novice? You what? You watch your mouth, sir. 
<laughs> I'm definitely an, I'm definitely an amateur when it comes to podcast production. Oh well, I, I mean, aren't we all? Mm. Two of us definitely. <laughs> I won't, I won't speak for we're, with a, we're with a recording professional here. Well, I'm an amateur when it comes to podcasts, so I'm right there with you. Good. We're all on the same page then. Six. We're not we're not talking about the art of podcasting. We're talking about the art of getting sound onto media. It's tough. It's a journey. Fair. Thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel so much better. Because we are right on again this evening our our main recording platform failed us. And so we are on our secondary platform. We're really sorry. Schaefer, what are you doing over there? Are you? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm prepping for y'all's quiz. Solve the Manhattan Project. I'm prepping for your quiz. Okay. But if it makes you feel better, you, you can tell the growth of your production as you just in your one month of episodes from like, it sounds like, you know, a band's first album to like their third album. And you're like, oh, here we go. They, they really found their groove and their drum beats. Man, that makes me feel better. This is episode 28. This is a non-leap year February. <laughs> That's a good, good title for that. <laughs> Which I don't want to compete with the title of Schaefer's Birthday Eve specials featuring Brian Benitez of Contrazoom Mixtips. Colon. Contrazoom February. Were you here for the intro? No. I did a really terrible Steve Brule version of the Schaefer really put me on the spot. Yeah. He does that. Schaefer <laughs> <laughs> put me on the spot and he was like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think I've got time for that. <laughs> and then he was like, nah, bro, we're going to do a podcast. And now it's like totally changed my life. <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot, buddy. I, I don't know how I didn't make time for this before. I agree. I mean, Schaefer's always been great about just going, this is what we're doing. This and even great. though at the time you're like, please, I don't want to do that right now. Yeah. You, end up, you don't regret it at all. And you're like, that was, that was an amazing adventure. You realize that was the right thing to do. Right. <sighs> Except when he drove to Galveston without any gas. And that, that was really not the right thing to do. <laughs> were, you were you I, waiting? Waiting? I told you. Make it, we made it. Tell the story in great detail, Brian. Go. <laughs> sure. Uh, we were just, we had a nice weekend plan of going to Galveston for a couple days. Group of guys, you know, we went, so I spent the night in Houston at Schaefer's or at Jameson's, the, or at Michael, Michael and Schaefer's the night before. Uh, and the next morning we were just driving to Galveston, a quick drive, but immediately Schaefer's like, by the way, I don't have any gas. And we're basically running on empty immediately. And it becomes this ridiculous, stressed out journey of just like, we're not going to make it. Please stop doing this. And he just keeps going and he's doing that Schaefer last thing that kind of scares you, but you're used to it. it just, uh, it, we made it. But, uh, you know, I, it wasn't something that I was like, I'm a wiser person now because we've made it. <laughs> we were all better people for it. But that really does point out the perilous nature of being friends with Schaefer. I agree. I sometimes wonder if the window of time that I wasn't friends with Schaefer in my 20s and 30s, I'm like, maybe that was a good thing. I don't know. I, <laughs> I love him and I missed him. And uh, seeing him at Jameson's Bachelor Party really like changed a lot of different parts of my life that I'm very appreciative of. So was that sort of the touchstone that got us 
I, 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 I saw you, it, yeah. it was New Year's in like 2006, maybe. Something like that in Austin, right? 2000 in Hyde Park, yeah. Yeah, I saw Jameson a couple of times in like 15 years. And then and by that, I saw you maybe once or twice. But that that first, you know, the bachelor party of Jameson's was really the, I was actually going to that party telling my boss, I'm going to an old friend's bachelor party. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Uh, it's probably going to be a bunch of uncomfortable moments and maybe it'll be some kind of closure, but I, I feel like an obligation and a duty to do this. And then I was just like, never mind. This was the best choice I could have ever made. I forgot how much I riff with these guys and it's almost like joining your old band. It's, it's really great. It was a total reconnection. Holy cow. Wow. It was a super fun weekend. We, we have told at least one story from that. Remember with the car alarm going off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course I remember that. Um, Brian, do you remember our late night uh, trip to the swimming hole? Of course. That was really basically me and you kind of reestablishing like, okay, we're all buddies again. That's, that's nuts. And for oh, some reason, I decided to do it with no shoes on. Um, and like, more than no shoes. Always, <laughs> always no good choices. And no flashlight. Oh, yeah, it was dark. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, and then we like took that wrong turn, like through that gully. And that was a bad place to be walking with no shoes. But we made it. I, we did. It, that was a good trip. And, you know, kind of like the, you know, it's kind of like the trip to Galveston. Like, I, you know, I, <laughs> I find ways to fabricate more dramatic drama for adventures like that, <laughs> like leaving the flashlights or not having enough gas or, you know, or co-hosting a podcast or <laughs> starting a podcast. Definitely. And I think your hit to miss ratio is pretty good. So you're good. Keep it up. Don't change. Stay gold, pony boy. I'll do my best <laughs> to stay a very degree copper. So if we have a news cruise, I think we're, we're approaching that. You, are you ready for that? Yeah. If you aren't, I have a total other topic with Brian. I, we could go for 20, 30 minutes on it. Uh, the news cruise is just another story from Florida. A woman's cat dragged a snake into her home, which that alone is not news, except the snake had two heads. And that's the whole story. I'll put a picture of it on our, uh, <laughs> I'll put a picture. Probably coming from Florida. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm two for two from Florida stories now. A news cruise. The emergency guys mowing the guy's lawn, the, the guy who had the heart attacks lawn was Florida too, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna change my name to Florida correspondent. All the all the best news cruises are to and from Florida. You leave in Tampa Bay and you go to the port of Miami. There's no port. Two-headed snake. I'm texting you guys the picture right now. Uh, what, way, what was your was an episode a couple of uh, shows back where you sang Schaefer's name, Rampy, and in this kind of Chevy Chase Germany kind of like uh, yeah. hard to describe way that yeah. it tickled me so much that I listened to that episode immediately afterwards, all the way through. It was just... <laughs> I better not do it here again. Yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot. We want people to have to go back to that episode. Oh, do it. No, I can't. I can't. Uh, I put a little spin on it so that it was a little different that time. 
listen. <laughs> in yeah. preparation for this celebration of Schaefer's birthday eve, and right. I, I understand why Schaefer would be pensive on his birthday eve. I always am. I feel like we're here. I feel like part of the birthday eve celebration is to help the reveler into their day, into the next day, right? I want to pretend to be cat again. <laughs> Go. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one. Uh, honey, Jeff, hello. I'm Kat. I think that I think that Matthew and Schaefer are hilarious. All right, <laughs> right, you are, honey. <laughs> um, but seriously, Brian, yeah. uh, we had talked. You you brought up. There's one topic on my show sheet that's straight from you. You were talking about music as it relates to comedy. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get your kind of thoughts on that because I love comedy too, as much as like, you know, in the same vein that you guys do, like. <laughs> go on, go on. Maybe a slightly different vein, but uh, <laughs> I, I grew up watching a lot of stand up. I think you did too. It kind of shows in the melody of the way you talk and like your, your stand up. What's that? Uh, but. Did you ever notice just between music and comedy that there's always these kinds of patterns of melody and rhythm and timing and repetition in just ways that I feel like musicians and comedians always get along pretty well because there's always that similar vibe of particularly rhythm of, of rhythm and, and, and melody of, you know, just different comedians. Yeah, have. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. Right. What you, no, I'm sorry. Next topic. <laughs> All right. No, no, come on. Come on. I'm sorry. I was breaking the rhythm. Um, I've honestly, man, I've never could I've never really thought of it that way. You don't hear the the melody of different comedians like just it's almost like they, they play their own instrument. Like now yeah. that you're saying it, it's making complete and utter sense. And like, honestly, I had never thought about it. Down at the end of every sentence. Yeah, yeah. Very important. <laughs> right now, you're blowing my mind. I think that's why there's a lot of impressionists in comedy, too, because you're basically just hearing the melody of the way somebody talks, and you're just, you know, it's like you're stealing a guitar sound. It's very similar. I love, I love good impressions. Me, too. Even though they're the cheesiest thing in the world, but when they're done well, they're great. I'm terrible at them. What do you think about Jim Carrey's Biden? Have you seen that? Just the first performance, and I was, I, I prefer Jason Sudeikis more than any of them. Okay. Okay. Well, I was, what about you? I was impressed with that. That was just, that was a recent impression that I saw that I was really impressed with. No, man, I, I think that your hypothesis about comedy and rhythm and timing and how it relates to music is really insightful I, like I in a way I think of comedy as like a low form you know and That's I think crazy. that is crazy I think of comedy as a low form and I think of music as a high form and 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 way more c comedy <laughs> hear me out no I think that comedy is the hardest art one of the hardest art form. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's difficult, but it deals 
so often in topics that are either mundane or lowbrow or salacious. And I so feel like, I feel that maybe music does, it, it, maybe music does too, but. Last time you turned on the radio. But, yeah, but music, but we hold up music in our society as like also this thing that like connects us with the spirit of the divine. And, and, that's, and cause, like, that's because it requires, it's easier to relate to than comedy. Like it requires less intelligence and less engagement. You can just put music on and feel it. It's designed to make you feel things without thinking about it, really. I mean, the best music elevates you as a person, but just like the best comedy does too. The best comedy makes you go, oh, I'm a little wiser than I was before I heard this because this makes me think in a different way and I'm laughing and this is great. Music does the same thing. I'm like moved, but now I'm really thinking as well at the same time. Uh, like when I think of like Dave Chappelle, like I've changed how I even see comedy because of, you know, certain comedians. Well, when you suggested that topic, in the text thread, I was like, what does that mean? And, but now that you say it, it, I mean, it pumps me up. Yeah, uh, bits, bits I, are basically I, songs. You know, a comedy bit, that's basically just a three minute song that, it's, it's exactly oh, the same. Oh, well, maybe you've been to some of Schaefer and I's um, folk uh, performances in, in uh, Tarzania. <laughs> no, but I'd love to. <laughs> Take me back to Tarzana, Daddy. Um, well, I, I think that's great. I I feel like what we're doing here, while conversational, I want to contain as much comedy as possible. You know, like I, I want people to come here to listen, not only for the camaraderie, but but for the laughs. Like I want, I you know. And, and I've spent a lot of my life feeling like it's my, I have a gift to make people laugh, you know? So I, I, while I was talking about it in one way a second ago and kind of disparaging it, I do, I, and I've, one of my jokes, one of my early jokes on this thing is I feel like entertaining no one for no money is a really noble profession. <laughs> um, but I, but I also do, it's, I think it's nice, it's nice for me to hear y'all talk about comedy in a more sort of elevated manner and comparing it to music, either the music that you make, which I find your music more like classical music than whatever genre somebody wants to put it in because of the instruments being used or whatever, right? Really? Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. I think... One of the early memories of Tarzan in California was of entertaining people for no money on that ukulele. <laughs> Wait, did, was were you reading from something? No, I was talking about my past. <laughs> I like how we've established this this fantastic past, and like Schaefer can really go method with it. Do you feel like we've been vamping this entire time while Schaefer uh, is editing a quiz? <laughs> He's been busy at work over there. He looks like the freaking Santa's elves. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for your quiz? <laughs> oh, hey, you cheaper peasant. Can I can I just um, fill my drink? Can yeah. you guys can you guys vamp for a couple minutes? I'll be right back. I, I'll be right back to take the quiz. Go ahead. Absolutely. So, uh, listeners, uh, when Ryan and I were kind of talking on the phone, getting ready for this, we started talking about music, 
that they they closely tied the two of us together because uh, Brian and I were very close in the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grades. Uh, well, for most people, that'd be high school. But for us, it was junior high and high school because junior high was ninth grade. But we were uh, we were taught we 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 were learning to make music. We were uh, discovering a lot of music, and it wasn't always. <laughs> It wasn't always the coolest music, and it wasn't always the music that necessarily everyone was listening to, as as evidence. So uh, I put together a playlist on Spotify. So if you find me on Spotify, Schaefer Hall, uh, then it's an open playlist, and it's called uh, Brian and Schaefer, OMH. Is that what it's called, Brian? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brian right. and Schaefer, OMH, or Schaefer and Brian, OMH. And it's those songs like Shiny Happy People, uh, Brian and I were reminiscing about uh, when we were riding, he, he was riding a bike and I was riding a skateboard to Hastings from my house on 17th Street in Lubbock, Texas. And we were just just harmonizing uh, <laughs> the chorus of Shiny Happy People over and over and over again. It was super fun. Um, and then uh, listened to quite a bit of Enya back in those days. Um, <laughs> But also like the Smiths and oh, you know, a lot of plenty of cool stuff too. Uh, we were big fans of Concrete Blonde, um, but all of those, all of those songs that we really bonded over are on that playlist. So that's a little, way to, a little, uh, a little added, uh, a little added bonus content for you uh, after you get off. If you want to listen to the the music that formed Brian and Schaefer, uh, it's there on that Spotify. Uh, Can I ever tell you that that Enya song is basically why I'm married to my wife in, in, in an indirect kind of way? But uh, uh, so I basically, I basically like stole the chord progression from that Enya song, Caribbean Blue, and uh, made it into one of my own songs. And uh, Tiffany, we were just friends at TGI Fridays. She was married and uh, she heard this song and it just kind of, she pulled over to the side of the road, according to her. And, uh, you know, she said she was just so moved that... Uh, she couldn't get me out of her head, but you know, it was, it was that chord progression is what I've always attested to. Get you out of my head. And well, yes, thanks Enya. Thanks Schaefer. Right. So you did a little, you, what are they? That's like some psych, psych ops. You recorded a song. And... That's the power of Enya. It just is everyone. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, we were telling the listeners we, we uh, Brian and I created a playlist on Spotify of you know the songs that we shared uh, that were important to us when we were in high school in Lubbock. Um, Wait, and speaking of Spotify, how can a listener hear more ContraZoom mixtapes? That's a great question. Uh, anywhere, basically, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, all the weird places like iHeartRadio and. Deezer or Doozer, I don't remember which one it's called. That, uh, that's one word, ContraZoom. The ContraZoom mixtapes, yes. The ContraZoom mixtapes. Get it on Spotify, Apple, iTunes. Yeah, wherever. Where, wherever you get your music. Correct. I, and I want to, I missed a couple minutes, and I know you were trying to catch me up, but I want to go back and listen to the show and hear the parts that I missed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's to look forward to. I've got so much to look forward to. Schaefer's birthday Eve. That means your birthday's tomorrow. We got a big show coming up on Saturday night. We got some more festivities the following weekend. It's 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 blowing my mind. Okay. Super exciting. 
after six months of not having anything to look forward to. <laughs> now we have all this to look forward to. We had a, we had a long pause earlier because I was reveling in uh, Brian and I's exit from the service industry. And I realized that you are still in the service industry, but you, but you are an owner in the service. Yeah. Wow, transcended that whole thing. Like I wasn't, was, was there awkwardness there for a second? Were you, were you like, were you like, dude, I'm still serving people? No, not at all. I, you, I, okay. You were doing your own thing because on my end, I was like, Oh my God, I have just insulted my pod partner. No, honestly, in like, it's also like, and, and I don't mean any offense to you guys by this, being a bartender is a little different than being a... Oh, totally. Oh, dude. Yeah, you, you were always elevated. I, I, I only waited tables. I was never the bartender, no. Don't get me wrong. I love, you know, I love all of the wait staff that I've worked with and people that I've known who have done that, you know, for long periods in their life. It's, it's you know, it's a good skill to have, you know, it makes you, it, it vastly improves your ability to interact with people. Just it, like, you know, do, just like co-hosting a podcast. Yeah. Or in bartending similar to, you know, the, you, it, actually, I feel like with bartending, you get a lot of the benefits and you get less of the downside too. So that's bartending is actually the easier job of those two, but you have to have a, you have to have a similar skill set and you have to have. No, the bartender is the elevated position. And I never, I never did that. I was always just the wait staff. I did, and I was horrible at it because you, as a bartender, you have to be really flexible to listen and to initiate, just engage in conversation, all kinds of conversations. Oh, yeah. As soon as anybody oh, said yeah. to do that. What's that? F that. <laughs> well, as soon as anybody ever said, did you watch the game? I, I was like, no. I'm out. I'm out. Tell me your order. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of games. Ah. It's a great segue into Matthew. You want to sing the quiz theme song? We don't have a quiz. Quiz. I love it. That's my The agony of defeat. What I am going to do is start with 1988, and I'm going to go through, I think, 1995. And for each year, you're going to have 30 seconds to name as many songs off the hot one, the Billboard Hot 100 for that year as you possibly can. All right. Wow. Wait, what? Do so I just have to assume I know that what year each song came out? Just throw them out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pull up, and I'll you know if you guys are totally lost, I'm going to give you guys some clues here and there. But just yeah, name as many as you can. Right. So you're going to just try to put yourself back in 1988. Starting with 88? Yeah. And so we're going to start when you're a little young, and then we're going to move into your cherry, you know, you know, your more sweet spot, and then go through all the way through, you know, us leaving for college, basically. Yeah. Right. You ready? And it's just free response. Like, just answer oh, everything. Yeah, that just in. try to name. 1988. Ready, go. What grade are we in in 88? Lay your hands on me, Bon Jovi. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which Bon Jovi album was it. Is that seventh grade? Yeah. Uh, you uh, you need uh, one of the songs off of that record is on here. Uh, is that I'll Be There For You? Uh, uh, no. 
Uh, it's it's New Jersey, not living on a prayer. No, I, damn it, my wife's better at this than I. The uh, first the first single off of uh, New Jersey. Parents just don't understand. You guys are missing. No, that's uh, way before. Did uh, I say lay your hands on me? Uh, born to be my baby. Uh. <laughs> the first single off that record was Bad Medicine. Bad Medicine, of course. Uh, the biggest, the biggest uh, hard rock song of all time is also this year. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine. You got it. You got it. Yes. Uh, also, some huge songs by the the solo member of a former duo. Um, what was Daryl Hall doing? Uh, oh, oh, it's Graceland. <laughs> Graceland was '88, right? No, I think it was before then. Okay. All right, you guys get. You guys get one for that. We're moving on to 89. Give us, give us a couple from 88. Uh, what were a couple from 88 that we missed? The huge one was Faith. Oh, dude, oh. I said that. I thought that was earlier. You God. were thinking of Wham as a duo? That was a former duo, yeah. Andrew Ridgely that never counted. A, uh, a reggae song that didn't start out as a reggae song? Um, in 88. That would oh, be Red, Red, Red One by yeah, Unicorn. Uh, a song from a hit movie that was a, re- that was a, 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 it was a deceptive return to form by an old band. Oh, uh, Aerosmith, right? No. It was, yeah, I don't know it, it was the old band, but it was without their creative, uh, their creative driving force. This is so specific. <laughs> Uh, Kokomo. <laughs> that, I would have exactly right. hundred years. Okay. All right, guys, give me some other. Uh, give me some other. Uh, we we moved on to nineteen uh, nineteen eighty nine. Nine. Um, um, Breakout by Swing Out Sister. Uh, <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> a, a, a much maligned R and B duo. Millie Vanilli, uh, girl, you know it's true. You got it. You got it. Yeah, just keep doing this. This is way better than free respond. Uh, some some other important um, eighty nine. All right, uh, MC Hammer. Uh, you can't touch this. Maybe am I? Is this no. the right year? No. I think it's just a little too early for MC Hammer. Really? Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, MC Hammer is going to be next year. Is it? Uh... Is Debbie, figure isn't in this Debbie year, Gibson happening? Another big name in R&B who kind of... Belbib DeVoe. Boys to men. men. Belbib DeVoe. Poison by uh, Belbib. Poison. Those are both later. Uh, the, she was the husband of another important R&B singer. Bobby Brown. Uh, Brown. My prerogative. Oh, my prerogative. Right. Uh, name some other uh, famous hair rock songs. I don't know. Uh, Without You, Motley Crue. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Feelgood, was that 89? Pour yeah. Some Sugar on Me. Uh, maybe something off of that record. No, I think that was the year before, actually. There was... Um, 89. What? 89 uh, was such a strange year. Was that was Skid Row around in 89? A hair rock song that almost could have been a country song. Uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Yeah, you got it. Nice. Uh, the other Wait big a second. Was more than words in '89? No, that was later. That was like '92. 
No, the other big one, that, the other big one that you guys missed uh, from this year was Paul Abdul. Straight uh, up, boy. Yeah, she had like three hits. All right, nineteen ninety guys. Crickets. I'm gonna keep going extreme more than words every year. Uh, I remember it was like eighth or ninth grade. We got some boy bands coming onto the scene. Oh, new kids on the block. Um, we have awesome. we have a white rapper on the scene. Oh yeah, it's okay. Vanilla Ice. Yeah, so we got I Vanilla Ice. What about Seal? Did you have Seal that year? Seal won't be here for a couple of years. I, I don't see MC Hammer on here. Uh, maybe he just, maybe he never made it to the Hot 100 or something. Or maybe he's. That is ridiculous. He absolutely made it to the Hot 100. NKOTB. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, oh, Hanging Tough. Hanging Tough. That was my favorite song of theirs. Uh, also, a, uh, a certain bald headed woman came onto the scene. Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. And, um, a, and a dude with long hair released his first solo song. Michael Bolton? Also part of a uh, also part of a soundtrack. Dude with long hair released his first solo. Is that Richard Marks? No. Is there some Richard Marks that year? He's a he's a hair he's a hair rocker. Oh, John Bon Jovi, Blaze of Glory. You got it. Nice. I remember uh, Gun Guns Two soundtrack. I remember Matthew when when Hack Wednesday performed at uh, Daybreak Coffee. Matthew uh, guested with us, and he sang the song uh, uh, "Blood Money" acapella from that soundtrack. Blood money, that's what I call it. Cause money for blood. All right, uh, nineteen ninety one, guys. Is this uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit yet? Uh, is Nirvana 91 or 90? I think Nirvana's 92. Apparently, apparently Paula Abdul's second record dropped. Second record? Are we at the Black Album by Metallica? Uh, Give us some of those sweet, sweet hints. Yeah. Uh, how I think. A song that would be used... Uh, during basketball games for time immemorial to come. Damp, 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 damp. Oh, CNC Music Factory gonna make you stop. <laughs> that was a great track. Uh, return. Uh, let me know that I liked electronica music. Oh, very cool. That's cool to hear that, Genesis. Oh, hey, an, an, <laughs> a, an, a northern London. Party band. I mean, sorry, a Northern England party band. I want to say Manchester or Liverpool. Kind Too early for Chumbawamba. Kind of the first of the, uh, yeah, the first of the, like, kind of rave party pop. Is this your Unbelievable by EMF? You got it. Nice. Oh, <laughs> that stuff was awesome. Uh, also, a huge hit from a Canadian. A Canadian. <laughs> Uh, I'm not trying to give it away. That's fair. Huge hit by Alanis Morissette. That's a good Um, guess. That's later. Good guess. No, it's a male Canadian. Older, older fellow. Older male Canadian. Is it? What's the genre here? RuPaul. 
I guess we would. Uh, I, I guess we would call it adult rock. Okay. Come on. Canadians are all the best musicians and comedians. And uh, the last dirty song by a pop singer who found God. Wait, is this all a hint for the same uh, thing? Different person. Oh. Are you talking about Prince? Um, I'm about Prince. I'm talking about 22 positions in a one night stand. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, get up. Get off. Get off. Get uh, the the second. Also, apparently, Paul Abdul's second record. I believe. Rush, it, Rush. Yeah, you got it. I believe that song had Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. And, yep. Um. Okay, so the the huge hit by the Canadian was "Everything I Do, I Do It for You" by Brian. Oh, Adams. Brian Adams. Of course. Uh, the that does help me place the time, though. Thank you. It does. And then the King of Pop. What did he have then? Scream? No, not scream. Matter if black or white? Oh, black, black or white. Uh, was that okay, now I remember where I am. What about what about um, Van Hagar? Are we getting close to that right now? That'll be like next year. Right We're, now, I want to say it's like 93, 94. All right, 1992. Nirvana. Black or white carried over. 92 is, was Smells Like Teen Smells Spirit. Like spirit. <laughs> Alive by Pearl Jam. Oh, I know, Sir Mix a lot. Baby got back. No MC Hammer has shown up in this entire time. That doesn't make any Baby sense. Baby got back. Yeah, see, I think that the Hot 100 is some. It's like it's it's different. Bye. Uh, you got you definitely got your boys to men. Really? Okay. Boys to men. ABC. BBD. BBD East yeah. Coast family. Madonna uh, from a soundtrack. Madonna from a soundtrack. Um, wasn't Dick Tracy. Madonna from a soundtrack. Is that Brendan Fraser movie? Uh, no. It's not Rain, is it? No. Um, there's Vogue, right? I feel like it was. It, it, it had the same tone as Rain. Hmm. It's a sad song. Papa don't preach. No. The movie had Laurie Metcalf and Rosie McDonald, Rosie O'Donnell, and Tom Hanks. I mean, it's a league of their own. But what was the song off the league of their own? This used to be my playground. Oh, this used to be my playground. That was such a yeah, flash in the pan. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there was a song by a Euro duo that the the title ended up on a lot of T-shirts during spring break. No, right, so Fred, I'm too sexy. You got it. <laughs> also, a song that you guys mentioned before, I think. Swing uh, Out Sister, Breakout. By a super group. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was in this super group. Uh, Mr. Big? Oh, um, I was thinking Damn Yankees. Um, <laughs> I'm the one who will be with you. Yeah. You got it. You got it. All right. What was the super group? I thought that Mr. Big was Mr. Big. That's, that's not a super group, is it? 
they were kind of a super group. That's a, that's a valid, you have a valid point. They weren't, none of them were household names, but they were a mix of other guys. I think we need to refine our terms here. On the next Yield workshop, wait for the definition of supergroup. <laughs> you come from other bands. Uh, 1993, guys. Have we said Smells Like Teen Spirit and, and it's passed the test? Uh, Nirvana has not shown up anywhere on these lists. Okay, then this, this is clearly a pop list that like we, the, the certain amounts of rock and rap aren't allowed here. I, I, 93 is right now. Okay, the Billboard Hot 100 is a standard record chart in the United States for songs published weekly by Billboard magazine. Chart rankings are based on sales, radio play, and online streaming. So it's kind of a composite list. That's fair, but Smells Like Teen Spirit was a giant, giant song. It was giant for us, maybe, you know. No, I'm not... Not limiting it to our friend group. It was a huge song. It changed like, the whole life. But, but it wasn't played on Top 40 radio. It was played on rock radio, which included... I mean, if Bon Jovi gets played, then Smells Like Teen Spirit gets played. No, but see, John, Bon Jovi was played on Top 40 radio. All right. That's and fair. was not. 93. 93 is... Uh, the, right now might actually work. The, hum, the Humpty Dance. Oh, that's good. An old rocker. Um, Streets of Philadelphia, Bruce Springsteen. Returns to the list. An old rocker named after a beloved mom's beloved dinner dish. Meatloaf. I uh, I would anything, do that, love, but I won't. You got it. Have we had the Bodyguard soundtrack yet? Uh. No. Yeah. With this podcast. Good one, Brian. Uh, what else, guys? Okay. Another right. another return from that crossover band we mentioned earlier. Well, this is more than words. 93. No, it's well before then. I'm telling you, it's like ninth grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, I got my times all mixed up. Me too. Yeah, and you know, honestly, at this point, we were listening to... KTXT and right. What about uh, Arrested Development? Uh, uh, 1994 is more Canadians. Wait, what? What in 1993? What about um? What about the Cranberries? Were they around then? Did, uh, yeah, did they... yeah, Cranberries. What about uh, Mama said, "Knock you out" by LL Cool J? That is. <laughs> this is a lot. What uh, about um? What about the um? The Spin Doctors. Oh, good. Spin Doctors can't be wrong. Yeah. Two princes. <laughs> that was a huge song. What about Suzanne Vega? Where was Suzanne Vega on here anywhere? With uh, oh, Luca. Yeah. No, she never. She never made it into the Hot 100. This is garbage. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna kill this list. A huge, uh, a huge Scandinavian group came out. Base of base. I saw the sign. Um, uh, Nice. <laughs> a guy a guy who's in jail now. Be more specific. A an adult rock trio. Adult rock trio. And three guys normally associated for their solo work. One of whom is the aforementioned Canadian. Oh, uh the from the uh Three Musketeers soundtrack, the oh, Rob Stewart, Brian Adams, and uh Sting. Uh, uh, yeah. That's terrible. 
What about rock, what about Roxette? You've got the look. Do we miss that? Yeah, anything yeah, about Roxette. That was before. Damn. Love me some Roxette. That was definitely yeah. That was definitely on here. All right, that's ninety four guys. Now ninety five, and then uh, and then you're dead. You can lick your wounds for you know being really terrible at this quiz. You could have done the Rock two hundred or something like that. Or I yeah, come. I, I should have done something like that. I come into the, Celine Dion on this list. Oh, huge, huge, huge R and B song in ninety five. I'll make love to you, boys to men. Um, Boys to Men made it with On Bended Knee. On Bended Knee. Two songs from an R&B trio. Both oh, trio. Scrubs. TLC, no Scrubs. Nice. Scrubs and Waterfalls. Waterfalls. Uh, oh, Seal yeah. finally shows yeah. up. Oh, Seal. Uh, Kiss from a Rose. You got it. Kiss from a Rose. on here again with a song that I really don't know called You Are Not Alone. Yeah, that's Michael Jackson. It sounds like an R. Kelly song. I don't know. It's a great song. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Man. Can I tell you a quick story on where I first heard that song? Yes. David Blackwell played it for me like months before the Batman Forever soundtrack came out. Yeah. And he was like, dude, I want you to listen to this. And he just plays this. And I just hear these beautiful harmonies. And I'm like, what is this? He's just like, just keep listening. And I just, you know, introduced this wonderful, majestic song. And he's like, it's Seal. It's called Kiss from a Rose. It's just awesome. And then later, when the soundtrack came out, I was like, yeah, it was awesome. Way to go, David. Like he wrote that song or something. But That's a good song. Thanks, Seal. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> uh, I always found that song very silly. <laughs> <laughs> just took the air out of that balloon. I'm sorry. Uh, I come into these quizzes so unprepared, and I don't want that to happen again. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, uh, it's, to some extent, I think that's my fault. This Hot 100 is obviously not the best list to be using. And going on a yearly level, like, I, I can't even imagine thinking of my life that way. Just like, yes, when I was 12, this is how I compartmentalized all of my memories. Once you said some of the songs from the year, I could sort of group it, but just like 88. What? Right. <laughs> but only because we're old. That's also true. Speaking of which, your birthday's coming up, buddy. The cusp of 45. I bought a lot of cassette singles, so I think uh, I would, you know, I would buy, like, you know, I would buy the rock and roll records. I would buy the entire record, you know, your Nirvanas, your Ramones, your, those guys. But then if I liked the song on the radio, I'd just buy the cassette single and even you know, even if it wasn't in one of those genres that I chose to represent, you know, that I chose to represent myself with, you know. Right, but do you assign that to a year, like in your memory, where you're like, "Yes, Vogue by Madonna came out this year." But wait, whether he assigns it to the year or not, he has like the physical object where he's like he read he's got the object and he's reading the artist and the title that's different from like i didn't really collect music of any kind of media type you know like i didn't i had some cds like just not much and i listen to the radio a lot so okay i mean i'm a very visual learner if i had seen it written down i would remember it better and this is all, you know this is a part of my life where every single 
two cents that I could scrape together went to buying music. So I, you know, I, I remember agonizing over being like, all right, I have $5. Do I buy, you know, <laughs> I buy you, do I buy the UB 40 single or the Ace of Base single? You know, UB 40. I eventually got both. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard work. That's the American dream right there. <laughs> you, you did it. You cracked the code. Well, um, and then like an awesome thing was, you know, when we, when we got a hi-fi stereo in our living room and then I was able to go to university and buy, like buy vinyl, buying vinyl in the early nineties was amazing. Like you could go find almost anything on vinyl for 25 cents, you know, cause it wasn't cool to buy it yet. Uh, so you could go in and buy like Bob Dylan's entire catalog for a dollar each, you know, and in pretty good condition. Yeah. Didn't you have like a hip hop therapist or something named like on the phone with Tyrone that it had some good stuff on there. Yes. Yeah. I found those at the Goodwill Yeah, uh, at the Goodwill in Lubbock and they were, yeah, they were from a, some radio station had thrown them out and they were like a syndicated show out of New York called on the phone with Tyrone. Oh Yeah. I, those are probably still in my garage, mom's garage somewhere. My mom could start a could start a throwback hip hop, you know, R and B station. Yeah, there was one bit of wisdom that he had that's still in my head to this day. He basically goes, uh, "You know, they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder, but time heals all wounds." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyrone, was, Tyrone was a wise man. <laughs> do you remember the? Do you remember the things I went? On the phone, <laughs> you gotta find those, man. I have the uh, are you about to play some of that? You try. <laughs> Who's in charge of editing on this? Uh, is this you, Rampy? I'm a long-suffering editor. A noble skill. Mm, never mind. Sorry, guys. That's really... <laughs> I'll try to dig it up for a future episode. For a second there, our episode was going to go out on a high note. <laughs> no danger of that now. <laughs> Uh, Brian, actually, uh, we're going to go out with a, with the, uh, ContraZoom mixtape of your choice. You want to just tell us a little bit about your most recent record and what, yeah, what, what track do you want to, what track do you want the listeners to hear in about 30 seconds? Um, I think a nice upbeat one is a one called Never Could Skate. It was kind of influenced by our old friend, Jameson Driscoll, who used to play uh, Minutemen songs. And I was always like, I don't, I'm not into this, but I get what you're saying. So it has kind of a post-punk energy vibe, I think, that, uh, you know, comes from a lot of things. But the genesis of it is this conversation I had with Jameson when I was like 15 or 16. So the Never Could Skate thing has nothing to do with Jameson's famous skate accident? No, that song's mostly about how I have a problem with fearing things that are high risk, like the versus no reward, which I see have always seen skateboarding as, where I'm just like, I don't see the point. But uh, Like you know, comedy. Like what? Like comedy. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, this has been fantastic. Thanks, Brian. You bet. Yeah. Well, Thanks both of you guys for a great, great fun birthday episode. Happy birthday, Shafe. We love you all. Don't let those Iranians stop you from voting. Contrazoom mixtapes. Contra What's the title again? Uh, Never Could Skate. Never Could Skate. Coming at you. See you all soon. All right.